Welcome to the PSD cast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in this episode, we're pleased to welcome Corey Vanderpool from Magnum Energy to the show to chat about the Internet of Things ecosystem and Magnum Energy's Cardinal IoT solution. Now, I don't think IoT needs too much by way of an introduction. It means many different things to many different people, some of whom actually prefer the term Internet of Everything. But basically, the IoT is an interconnected web of physical devices that communicate and exchange information, allowing objects to be sensed and controlled remotely. Um, this is the enabling technology behind everything from smart grids to smart homes and the eventual mass proliferation of autonomous vehicles. And that brings us to today's show. So, Corey, first off, welcome to the show. And can you give us a brief overview of the current state of the Internet of Things? Yeah, so, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate the ability to, uh, to have these opportunities to, to communicate sort of our vision for and our place within IoT. So it's a little bit, um, you know, it's a little bit specific to us. As a company, we're involved uh, in wireless technology, but also wireless technology fairly specific to smart buildings, and, and you could definitely adapt that to smart grids and smart cities. So in its entirety, you know, the Internet of Things is, you know, very quickly becoming a reality, right? We have connected devices all over as consumers. We're connected almost constantly to something, whether it's a, you know, a smartwatch or our phones or, or consumer devices in our home. Um, so that's definitely you know, moved significantly forward over the last couple of years. In our industry related to what we Magnum do, we're just now starting to see the possibilities associated with the Internet of Things when it comes to uh, more commercially uh, associated products that, that sort of encompass building automation, and that obviously includes smart lighting control. And so we're just now starting to see how IoT can leverage that information and, and what that really most importantly translates to as far as the customer is concerned. So what benefits are we seeing, what price points are we seeing for the IoT as it relates to smart buildings? And from that perspective, that, that, that state of, of things uh, is just now starting to become uh, a bit more of a reality where people are asking for the kinds of things that IoT really allows for. Uh, so we think that we're still sort of on the leading edge of that, um, but we definitely have a, a couple of years to go before I think people truly, customers truly understand what the data is really going to mean to them and how best they can use it. Mm -hmm. So along those lines, what, what's the true promise of the Internet of Things? What, what are some of the immediate mm -hmm. real-world applications you think we're going to get to maybe in the next several years? Yeah, so when, when we were developing our IoT solution, we obviously had a, a very initial, a, a very specific need in the beginning that generated kind of the, the, the jumping off point for the development of both our IoT gateway and our IoT interface. Um, but over the course of time, we've obviously seen plenty more use cases for that kind of solution and other solutions like it. So from our standpoint, the, the real promise of IoT in our industry uh, of smart buildings and, and, uh, and smart cities is to be able to deliver not only our part, but a, and our part being you know, lighting control and HVAC control, but also a common platform, which we have, have built out on Amazon, uh, that really allows for other third-party systems, some of which 
we don't even know what they are, right? We can you know, assume inventory mm-hmm. control and point of sale systems and other mechanical systems, maybe solar connected devices uh, in a building, uh, that all of that maybe retail related information for a, for a bar- big box retailer, um, all of that information can be delivered uh, to a common platform and then analytics, much you know, deeper, richer analytics can be applied across what seem to be completely separate and uh, mutually exclusive uh, data elements. And then all of a sudden you start to see, I mean, just as a simple example, if you're looking at a grocery store application, which is actually what prompted us to develop um, our IoT platform was grocery stores because it was a, a big vertical for us uh, early on. Uh, you know, a, a retail, uh, you know, a grocer to be able to look at, um, you know, this section of their store where they've done maybe an LED lighting upgrade, uh, the number of times that, uh, you know, this door is open versus that door being open, the amount of time that people spend in specific areas of the store. They can then position products on the end caps or adjust the lighting associated with a certain section to make the fruit look better or the meat look better. And does do those adjustments have uh, a hopefully beneficial impact on their sales? Um, so those are the kinds of things that you know when you look across data, you know when you look across systems, when you look across data, you can start to make. Um, some conclusions that previously were not really possible, or at least not um, statistically driven, right? They may have just been sort of, you know, well, we think that, you know, we sell more of this, and that's because of of, of this. Uh, but this is actually data that that proves, you know, that proves that point or disproves that point. And so, you know, that in that application, a, a grocery store could make um, more effective decisions about what they're doing inside of their inside of their uh, building. So for us. You know, we I, we can't even um, begin to imagine the kinds of systems, third-party systems that can go into these common platforms. But uh, helping to usher that in and add our little piece of of you know what's happening inside of the building from an automation standpoint is uh, from a lighting standpoint is um, is the, the the little slice that we'd like to to get and then be able to offer a common open platform like Amazon. Hmm. Okay. Um, so in a general sense, and without getting into proprietary technology just yet, we'll get into that later, um, what are the IoT's main limitations at present? Yeah, so um, and I, I by no means, I don't want to say this and then have people stop listening. I by no means am an, am an IoT expert. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, I, I try to put myself, particularly because of my role within our organization and, and, the, and, the, and the partnerships that I, uh, I deal with and the companies that I deal with uh, and the projects that I deal with, try to put myself in the, in the seat of, you know, what does this really mean? Is this valuable? Does it make sense for somebody? How is somebody going to use this? So I try to look at it from as much as I can from a customer and user perspective. Um, and so I'm sure that, you know, an, an, an IoT expert, uh, you know, titled that may have a different perspective, uh, but our, our current um, uh, considerations, and, and part of this was a consideration be, because of the choice that may, we made with Amazon, uh, the limitations or the, or the issues or the concerns or the things that were going to be potential 
um, obstacles were related mainly to data, uh, to data privacy, and to security. And so we wanted to make sure that we leveraged a partnership that with a platform provider uh, who believed that the data was owned by the customer. And, and that seems obvious, but let me tell you, not every, not every company feels that way. Um, mm -hmm. And not and not every platform uh, uh, not every platform as a service allows for, for, for that actual thing to happen. Um, and from a security perspective, uh, that's absolutely probably the common thing that's mentioned when we talk about IoT. It's the thing that we talk about most today when we're just talking about putting some uh, putting an LED lighting upgrade in a, in, a, in a building. Security is is in the top five that somebody is going to ask about. And so we want to begin to relinquish our, our security responsibilities in a world that is, you know, very hackable, right? And so that was another reason why we chose to leverage Amazon, because we wanted to go with a solid, super secure platform where we do what we do best and they do what they do best. But for, for us, for sure, data privacy and security are the two uh, major you know, I hate to call them limitations because they have resolution, but those are the two things that I think are preventing, um, you know, more widespread standardization on, on IoT. Right, and I'm sure Cardinal IoT is, is addressing those limitations in some degree, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Let's take, um, let's take a step back. Um, can, can you give our listeners some brief background on Magnum Energy Solutions? Uh, yes. You know, like if you had to give an elevator pitch, what would be their main claim to fame? Yeah, so Magnum Energy Solutions uh, is a company, while we've evolved considerably over time since our inception in 2007, uh, today we are a company uh, known and look towards uh, to develop and manufacture, design, develop, and manufacture leading edge wireless technologies that can be applied to the automation of buildings. Um, and so we, although we have a preference towards a particular interoperable standard for wireless, uh, we are continuing to grow our organization to include all kinds of wireless platforms. And um, we are able to leverage some additional uh, benefits of utilizing low power radio technology. So the products that we can design and develop uh, can actually be self-powered, meaning we can introduce wireless technologies that are both wire-free and um, battery-free, which is very important when it comes to the ongoing maintenance of an automation solution. Mm -hmm. So um, the Cardinal IoT solution that uh, you've been mentioning um, off and on, basically, how did that come about? Um, and and like, how does it address some of the main drawbacks and limitations that you just mentioned for the IoT? Yeah, so um, so it came about on a on a on a bit of a whim, sort of, and then got legs pretty quickly. Uh, we were working with um, a refrigeration manufacturer company that that manufactures refrigeration equipment for um, probably fifty percent of the cold chain storage market, and we were doing some piloting projects with them. Uh, deploying a, uh, a grocery store monitoring, refrigeration monitoring application. We were utilizing uh, at the time our, um, our currently available software platform 
uh, that's very secure but but terrestrial. It's it's not a I wouldn't call it an IoT solution um, per se, but still a very robust software platform. And uh, when we began to look at the future of that kind of business case, that sort of application scenario, it became very obvious that we should begin to think about what other factors go into the decisions and the operations of those kinds of um, retail scenarios. And also the consideration that not only is that data being leveraged on site, meaning we were monitoring temperatures and humidity levels of case coolers so that we could proactively predict if, a, uh, if the meat cooler was temperatures was go were going out of range, and somebody could be deployed to assess the situation and hopefully resolve it before the entire case cooler goes down and, and a lot of um, food is wasted. And that's a, it's a huge problem for grocery stores. But at the same time, there was a need uh, for or a desire for the manufacturer of that equipment to be able to understand what happens after that piece of equipment leaves their factory and before a warranty call or, or service call is initiated. So it was sort of like there was both the needs for this sort of solution on the ground um, from a facilities perspective perspective and then the need, and then the desire of data and information about the operation of a piece of equipment from a manufacturer level. And so that's mm -hmm. really what precipitated the introduction of a of an IoT based solution. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned um, you mentioned utilizing Amazon Web Services open platform. So I think you sort of already answered this, but what has that partnership meant for Magnum Energy and, and why specifically choose um, AWS? Yeah, so we had some 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 uh, calls and and discussions with a variety of other um, IoT uh, entities and and companies that have their own sort of what we call you know what what they call platforms as a service, and um, the willingness on the part of Amazon to dedicate the necessary SMEs, subject matter experts, to Magnum, and their interest level in how we were going to utilize their technology and adapt it to a market that really, you know, at the time, a couple of years ago, no one was really using it for. So, you know, I mean, it's Amazon and Alexa is, is you know, I'm used by Netflix and, I mean, a ton of gigantic organizations um, because of their, you know, because of their storage and, and, and capabilities in the cloud. Uh, but a lot of the IoT stuff was, was consumer-driven um, and Alexa-driven, which is fantastic. But we wanted to look for ways to, to incorporate that into our commercial um, markets. And so they were really intrigued by that. And, uh, and we were one of the, the first companies, and maybe still the only, that is leveraging the solution that we're leveraging and relying on AWS. Um, so just their, their interest level, their support, uh, their security protocols, uh, which, which includes their authentication process and uh, their you know, statements and disclosures about privacy. And also the fact that we, we found early on that they were, when we talked to our customers who, who are not just here in North America but around the world, their adoption or their acceptance around, in the international community was strong. And that's sometimes hard because you know, what is okay here from a privacy standpoint is absolutely different from a, from a European perspective. So we wanted to make sure that we settled on a solution that was going to be accepted by our international customers as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, to, uh, you know, to close out the podcast, I'm, I'm going to 
ask you something that uh, I usually ask our guests. I'm going to ask you to tap into your inner amazing Chriswell, hopefully with uh, better predictions. And I'm just going to ask you, what do you see as the future of the Internet of Things, and when can uh, our listeners get hold of Cardinal IoT? Yeah, so uh, for us, uh, you know, I mean, I see a lot of things as a, as, a, as a person and a user of lots of, you know, f- cool gadgets and technology and, and a home that's uh, fully automated with Alexa, you know, I see uh, lots of uh, possibilities for devices to talk to each other and communicate back and, and collect data and provide, you know, a, a better understanding of, of ourselves you know, and hopefully our communities and, and our world. I do, I do see a lot of positive things to come out of this. Um, for, for Magnum Energy Solutions, you know, we'd like to be uh, on the leading edge of providing a truly open and, and, and interoperable platform like Amazon uh, and hopefully, you know, get buy-in by other partners in this space to recognize that, um, ultimately leveraging an open protocol on the, out, on the outer edge, which we do, uh, and directing data more seamlessly into that common platform, which is what we're trying to do, is truly the way to go. And so we're helping to usher in, um, you know, that, that adoption. Okay. Well, um, that should uh, just about do it for this, this uh, PSD cast. Um, I want to Thank you for your time, Corey, and to our listeners, thanks for tuning in.